facts are amazing. If they weren't, there wouldn't be so many top 10 lists of things you didn't know or 101 awesome facts you didn't know about such and such. Facts are fun. And knowing those small little facts make it all that much more fun. That's what we're talking about this week. What is your go-to fact that makes people look at you and go, why do you know this? Here, I'm Behind Every Story. What's up, everyone? My name is Jason, and this is Behind Every Story. If this is your first time with us, let me explain what's happening here. I love stories. I love hearing people's stories from comics to films, songs to jokes, sitting around a campfire with a bunch of friends, or being enveloped by a storyteller in an audience full of strangers. I love it. I love hearing people's stories. And even more than that, I love hearing behind those stories. I'm the kind of guy who will watch the director's commentary more often than I will the actual film. This show is the proverbial director's commentary on the movie of life. This is episode number 45 of 50 of the COVID-50. And if you can hear the sound of lawn mowing in the background, you know that in the suburbs, it is now summertime 2020. And before we begin, a note of warning. The topics we explore on the show may not be suitable for all listeners. These podcasts deals with real people and real stories. These stories may contain and deal with graphic language, adult themes, sexual content, and violence. Listener discretion is advised. This week, we are discussing what is your go-to fact that you love to wow people with that make people look at you and go, why do you know this? And the reason I say it like that is because I love hearing those weird, strange facts that make you pause for a second and go, why is this like this? And that's what I like the most is I like the idea that there is a fact about this, but I want to know the story behind it. For instance, I love Dr. Pepper. Now, if you know me, um, if you've known any of the web shows or anything like that that I've ever done, uh, if I were to be paid or sponsored by Dr. Pepper, I would be a millionaire right now. But since I am not sponsored by them, they get all the free advertising in the world out of me. And it's a lot. I love Dr. Pepper. I absolutely, it's my favorite drink. It's the thing that makes me happiest in life. So I love it. So when I got the chance to do a cross-country road trip, I knew I had to stop at Waco, Texas. Now, Waco, Texas brings up the feelings and memories of a lot of different things, but it's also the birthplace of Dr. Pepper and the home of the Dr. Pepper Museum, where I learned that Dr. Pepper is the only beverage, at least in America, that is legally considered a food and not a drink. Now, why is this an amazing freaking fact. Well, during World War II, when all of our soldiers were across the seas and getting very little things to be happy about, America uh, asked them, uh, what would make you happy in this time frame? Well, during that time frame, a lot of soldiers were from the South. And Dr. Pepper was a Southern drink. It was not very well known in the North. So a lot of the soldiers asked if they could have 
Dr. Pepper shipped over. Well, legally, especially during wartime, uh, it was illegal or at least extremely frowned upon to ship a beverage or a soda pop or something that was a, a dessert, a luxury item during wartime overseas. And it was just deemed unnecessary and unworthy. So to accommodate the soldiers and to make them feel like they're human once again, to have that little moment of happiness, they claimed Dr. Pepper as a food. So they were legally allowed to ship Dr. Pepper overseas during wartime so their soldiers could have that small reprieve of back home. And I love that story. And I found that out at the Dr. Pepper Museum where I learned many other Fascinating Dr. Pepper facts, which we'll talk about at another time. But did you know the Oreo cookie was made in Hoboken, New Jersey? And the Oreo is actually a Latin term for hill. The original Oreo cookies were a mound-shaped cookie cake, cookie batter thingy. And over the time, to accommodate more sales, they flattened them down to make a cookie. That's, uh, that's a fun little fact. One of my other favorite go-to facts, and this is more for uh, bringing up a conversation rather than just saying a fact and leaving it at that, but nothing can be objective in media. Now, when you are looking at anything, there is an objective way and a subjective way. Subjective means you come in with your own thoughts, predispositions. When you come in with your own concepts, your own creative uh, viewpoint, your stance, knowledge, anything that allows you to alter what is being seen because of how you are seeing it. Objectively refers to the concept that it is being viewed on an even playing field with no other subjective elements to dissuade what is happening in the course of things. Now, this can be seen perfectly in the film Rashomon by Akira Kurosawa, where this exact same incidence that happens to the characters is told three different ways, thereby showing that the subjective way of looking at something really dictates and depends on the person who is telling the story that what the story actually was, what the truth actually was. So usually in law cases or court cases or things of legal natures, it's very important to look at things objectively. However, in media, there is no possible way to look at or create media objectively. It is always subjectively. We can break this down to the finest amount of details. Now, the argument that I always heard played for having an objective uh, media, made like video, painting, whatever, like, like that. Uh, and I want to use video for this source because a video can run without the absolute need of having someone click record. However, we are going to get that to that in a second. And the argument said you could shoot a camera into space. It can be completely free to shoot, shoot whatever it wants. And your images would be completely objective based on nature, based on gravity, based on where it's looking at that time, okay? Now, here's the argument with that, is it can't be. 
it cannot be objective because you are deciding to put it out into space. Someone is deciding where it's going to go, at what time, at what height, yada, yada, yada. And more importantly, they're deciding when to hit start on the, on the recording and when to hit stop. So even news, while the information might be objective, there is no possible way to show objectively any kind of story, any kind of, of feelings or anything like that in media. Because how you edit from one shot to the next, there is a very early film theory called the Kushloff effect. By putting two images together, two images juxtaposed together, you are creating a third story from those two images. So I could have image A next to image B, you are creating story C. But I could have image A next to image D, and then you would have story E. Or image A next to image K, and you would create story M. Having those two images next to each other, making those decisions in the storytelling process, immediately negates you from being objective. Having a photographer taking a photo can't be objective because you are you are deciding every moment of that photo, the height you're taking at, the time of day, the location, the way you're adjusting the brightness, the contrast, everything else. It's all manipulated and all subjective. So that to me is one of the, my, the most fun topics of theoretical concepts in media. And I always like getting down this rabbit hole that someone will say, well, well you, you could do this and it could be objective, but it all comes back, back to the idea that someone is making decisions, therefore it is no longer objective. We're gonna take a quick break and I will let you clear your mind of that ad nauseum <laughs> theoretical nonsense that I love to dwell on. And when we come back, I'm gonna ask everyone else, what is their go-to favorite fact? If you enjoy storytelling or comics, I have an awesome idea for you. Hi, I'm Jason, the creator and narrator and storyteller of Behind Every Story. But did you know I also do a comic strip three times a week? Half-Hearted Headache is a slice-of-life comic that takes place in a small American town. In fact, it's my hometown of Elgin, Illinois. Half-Hearted Headache is a coming-of-age story that proves you don't have to be a teenager to still come of age. The story revolves around the slice-of-life happenings of a town and its people within, from normal everyday things like work to grandiose, mysterious things that are just on the horizon, including talking cats and ghosts. There's so much more happening at Half-Hearted Headache. Join us today over at halfheartedheadache.com, or you can follow us on the very popular webcomic apps and web pages of tapas.io and webtoons.com. And if you like our comic, make sure you check out our Patreon where there's some awesome rewards, including actually being in the comic itself. Check us out at Half-Hearted Headache. 
What is your favorite go-to? Why do you know this fact? Oh, I don't have one. They just come out. (laughs) They just come out and I feel bad. It just like, it's like a burp. It's just like, you know, (laughs) there's really no difference between a crow and a raven. Actually, there is. And uh, just stupid shit. I don't know, man. Just It just comes out. Give me an example. Oh. Um, well, now that... Yeah, you can't force it. <laughs> okay. Uh, difference between a crow and a raven. A crow's going to have more of a growl and... and a cr- Wait. A raven's going to have more of a growl and a crow's going to have more of a caw. I think... I don't know. I'm stuck on the raven and bird thing. You should know this, but... <laughs> I don't. And you're just holding me here. You're just holding me like the kid's dad from uh, Stand By Me. <laughs> just holding my ear to that stove. Um, <laughs> Tell me about the birds, fucker. <laughs> you've mentioned that you've gone hiking in the past. Yeah. Uh, the I don't know anything about high hiking. Is there anything like cool that I should like? A certain kind of leaves I should stay away from, or uh, leaves does of three, moss- let them be. Leaves of three, let them be. Why? Yes. Uh, it's most likely going to be your poison ivy. Oh, yeah. The biggest thing with hiking is, um, uh, it's just walking. You find a trail and you walk it, and you enjoy being in nature. You leave your headphones behind, which. It's, it sucks because it's nice to take a walk with music, but you're there to, oh my goodness, and there is a German word for it. But uh, anyway, you're there to enjoy the world uh, as it is, you know, the natural mm-hmm. world as it is. So, um, but again, it's just walking. It doesn't mean like you don't have to scramble or climb up anything. Just be out there in nature. And as far as like, uh, like survival? Are you looking for like survival things or like well, nature things? Because like, think about thing is, like the whole leaves of three, let them be. Really, don't touch anything. Just admire it. Okay. Get up close, and you know, assume everything's poisonous till it's not. Like a strip club. Yes, exactly. Yes, assume everything's got gonorrhea, and. You'll be just fine. Stay on the trail. (laughs) My name is Rob, and I am from the Midwest in America. Dude, I'm a wellspring of useless information. I don't have a go-to fact. I would say that happens on a daily basis. So give me an example. I can't think of a specific. We were watching Jeopardy the other day and I was editing a podcast while Martha and Molly were watching Jeopardy and I wasn't really paying attention, but a couple of times I just glanced over, saw the question and spit out an answer. And Martha's like, what the hell? Like, what? how do you know that? I don't know. I just, I know a lot of weird facts and trivia and just stuff, man. And I I get that a lot. I get that a lot. Like, how do you know that? Where did that come from? It's just because I'm always learning. I'm an input junkie.
My name is Stella, and I'm from Chicago. Favorite go-to fact? Um, God, these are really good questions. I don't know. Um, 80 per, okay. <laughs> People are correct 80% of the time. There's a 20% uh, error, error rate in human, uh, just, you know, like human, whatever. I can't even think of it right now. But there's a lot. I don't sound really smart right now. <laughs> but there's, yeah, 80% accuracy in all human uh, behavior. And so 20% of the time, it's just you're going to make errors. Um, and so no one can be perfect and no one can be accurate all the time. How do you know that? Um, I was taught in a training at my corporate job one time. And I totally used it uh, when my boss tried to give me a performance improvement plan because she hated me and I fought her and her HR papers on it. And I'll never forget feeling so great. (laughs) I got the performance improvement plan. If you've ever gotten one, if you've heard of it, it's what corporations give you sometimes to uh, try to put things in writing so that they can, you know, they can just say, oh, well, you know, it didn't work out. Um, and she was keeping tabs on what I did. So I literally, I wrote out every um, every issue she had with me. I counteracted that, it's the Aries in me. I like to win. And I went up to my, my HR director at the time. I was 23 or 24 years old. And I told him about the statistic I had learned in a training they gave us, gave him the document and said, let me know if you have any questions. And um, a few months later, you know, I asked for my file. None of the documentation was in there. And he said, new year, new department. I think we're good. We don't have to worry about that anymore. I said, that's hmm. right. Yep. 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 Gotta love it. My name is Sarah, and I'm from a podunk town in Iowa. Um, Cashews are not a nut. They are a seed. And they come from the cashew apple, which originates in Southeast Asia. And in order to uh, eat the cashew, they are harvested and they are roasted to remove the erucial, which is the uh, coating on the cashew that if you burn it without protective gear, you will be singed and burned by the chemical being released. Cashew apples are highly perishable, which is why we don't see them in the States. But cashews are indeed a seed, not a nut. And they, one nut or one cashew comes from one fruit. And my daughter is very allergic. Whoa. That's a lot of apples. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's, you may see them in Oriental foods markets. So like if you have an Asian, no, I should, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say Oriental. The reason I said Oriental is because we have an Asian food store here that calls itself Oriental foods. So that is not me. <laughs> I know the Oriental is considered not as PC as Asian these days, but that is what that store is called. Um, so so Asians, Asian food markets may get them from time to time. They're just not widely distributed because they're so perishable. They don't, they're not shelf stable and they're not, they're not really that tasty. I have never tried one, 
but from what I've heard, that's kind of that's part of it. Because you see, you see exotic fruits in grocery stores all the time. They may not be very fresh, but it's because people still will eat them. And in this case, I don't think it's just not worth it. But yeah, the cashews are singular. My name is Mark Allen Fishman. I am from Homewood, Illinois. <laughs> Skittles are kosher. M&Ms are not. Why do you know that? Because I went to a Jewish overnight camp that had to keep kosher. And we could get Skittles, but not M&Ms. And when we asked them why, they told us, you know, the little S on a Skittle? Yes. That is made out of sugar. The little M on M&M's is made from gelatin. Gelatin is made from the hooves of animals, hence unkosher. Really? Yes, sir. Now, they have since more than likely changed the formula. But when I went to that summer camp, so let's say 1997? No, sorry, 94. Uh, that, yeah, that, that was one of the things also at the same time, I can append that fact with the hilarity that digital artists were first paid in Israel to digitally remove cheese from McDonald's cheeseburger commercials because you can't have cheeseburgers in Israel. That's wait, wait, can you say that, that part again? They, they were the first people to do digital so what, work. So when digital art made its way to Israel, the first digital artists in the country were hired first and foremost to remove cheese from McDonald's commercials. That's wild. It's hilarious. And for a long time, that's what I thought I wanted my job to be like, be a digital artist. And I was like, remove cheese? I was like, if that one, if I can make money removing cheese, that's how you get into the movies. Cause I really wanted to like work and like do the graphics for movies and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan of just removing cheese and, you know, eating it. Yes. Yes. Well, I don't want to remove it. If it can be melted on something, you got to keep it on the thing. I'm, I'm not like, I'm not a straight cheese guy. So it's got to be a pen. It's got to be appended to something. My name is Marie and I am from St. Paul, Minnesota. Oh, this is so stupid. Um, the Girl Scout cookies. You know that there's two different like bakeries that mm-hmm. do the Girl Scout cookies. So that's why like some cookies are called like one thing in like one region of the U.S. and another thing in another region. Like some of my friends didn't know that. So they kind of called me out on it and they asked if I was like the Girl Scout expert. And I'm like, no. It was like I had to found Girl Scout cookies for my grandma and she wanted something that I had no idea what they were. So I had to look it up. I've had to use that one a couple times. You've had to or you or you got to? It's now something where I just think it's funny. So now it's just like a funny little fact. My name is M. I am from Chicago, Illinois. 
<laughs> I have so many. My daughter is like, she all day long. Fun fact. <laughs> so <laughs> let me think of what one of mine is. Um, you know, I really love to talk about homeschooling. And, and I read these when I first started homeschooling her when she was three. I read like 50 different books um, that first year all about or in the first six months, probably all about homeschooling and education. And one was written by um, someone who wrote uh, he was he was an um, an administrator and he wrote curriculum and Another one was the deputy uh, secretary of education under George W. Bush. So he was a politician and he worked that angle of no child left behind. Right. And then the third one was an educator who won all these awards. So they were three different books written in different decades. And every one of them said a child can learn Everything a child learns can be learned in a hundred hours or less from kindergarten to senior year of high school. It can be learned in a hundred hours or less. They all said it. And I went back after and went, wait, so-and-so said that. And it, what book was that? And I went back and referenced and I was like, oh my gosh, these are three different par- uh, forms, uh, you know, people who, who influenced education in three different ways. And they all agree on this. And and that to me is one of the coolest facts I've ever heard. And one of the saddest, because it shows that we're just warehousing these kids and we're not, and we're putting importance that isn't there on something that isn't real. Um, and telling them they have to sit in a classroom six day, uh, five days a week, you know, for, for seven hours or however long they're in there. And, and that there's no other way for children to learn. And it's absolutely not true. And so I do like to talk about that fun fact a lot. I am Chris and I am from Chicago. Oh man, I really got caught off guard there. In fact, there are so many stupid random facts that I know. Like the fact that turtles can breathe out of their assholes. <laughs> what? <I love> turtles. <laughs> can can you say that again? What happened? <laughs> I feel like I'm gonna Google it just to make sure now. <laughs> Second guessing. Yeah. Can from the anus. What do you know? Turtles indeed. Um, the turtle is perhaps the most notable for its ability to breathe via its anus. The process known as cloacal respiration allows the turtles to extract oxygen directly from the water. Why do I notice? I don't know, but I think my love for turtles might have something to do with it. It's <laughs> a nice start. Would that be your go-to fact? That would probably be my go-to fact. I like it. I, I sense that one going well over dinner parties. <laughs> My name is Sean, and I am from Chicago. This is an actual fact that uh, people who are against marijuana like like there's one thing like people who be like they'll try and say that they're against weed and blah 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 like i say that weed is just like antibiotics 
And antibiotics work based on the chemical compound that's in your body. So like if you have a certain kind of sickness, you can't just take any antibiotic to help you get better. So it's the same thing with weed. You have to know exactly what you're smoking, what kind of strand it is, and being able to like differentiate with the weed you have to understand what it's going to do to you. So if you just smoke any type of weed and expect like euphoria, like if you're smoking like an indica, you're not going to get the same effect as if you're smoking a sativa or a hybrid or a kush. So that's like one thing because I love to, you know, educate people on the benefits of weed and marijuana. Um, uh, any other go-to fact? Um, yeah, I mean, that's the only thing I can, I guess, think of just because it's like fresh in the conversation. That's good. You got it, man. You're good. You don't need yeah. to, you keep going. <laughs> <laughs> cool. My name is Potato Johnson, and I am from Crystal Lake, Illinois. Oh my God, which one? You can do a few if you want. I have to, th- now I have to think. I'm like, um, I have like four that I'm going to do, so. Oh, cool. Nice. Um, usually it's, it's, it's strange facts about serial killers. Um, <laughs> uh, the Unabomber's okay. manifesto is uh, incredibly intelligent before its time and completely predicted the state of society as it is today. Um, wow. That one gets strange looks. Um, I, I think it's it's one of the most well-written papers about society in this probably century. Hmm. Um, and, and that gets looks, but I mean, if you look through major college academics, it's, it's kind of universally regarded this way. It's, it's incredibly well-written. It's entirely right. Um, if the guy hadn't decided to kill people to get his message out, uh, he would be highly revered today. I mean, the, the guy had 167 IQ. He was a college professor. He just went off the deep end uh, in order to get people to listen to him. But I mean, overall, if you read through that thing, he's 100% correct. And society went exactly the way that he said it was, that it, it would go. Um, let's see what else. They're strange facts. I'm always filled with strange facts, but they always they come up when something reminds me of right. That's that's the, the hard thing. Hello, my name's Dan from Cambridge, UK. What's your favorite go-to fact that when you tell people they go? Why do you know this? Don't know if I have one. George Clooney was the cat in South Park. Every, as far as I know, most people knew that. He was the cat. Yeah. I thought he was the dog. Was he the dog? I thought he was the cat. What? <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 rem- I remember somebody said, "I just hearing uh, he wanted to be in it," so they were like, "Yeah, you can be the cat or something." 
just some minor role. It's like George Clooney. My name is John. I am from the west suburbs of Chicago. Oh, that's... <laughs> I, I, I do like to bring up uh, that Edgar Allan Poe married his 13-year-old cousin a lot. Uh, and that doesn't always, you know, get a great response from people, but it certainly is a fact. <laughs> I'd be like, well, Edgar Allan Poe, he married his 13-year-old cousin, and, and we all love him, you know? Who's to say what's right and wrong in this crazy world? I didn't know that. Oh, dude, look it up, bro. It's totally, totally for real. I'm not even joking. <laughs> it's gross. <laughs> and, and like, okay, back then, what? Okay, it was more acceptable to marry like a first or second cousin, but 13, bro? Come on, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, yeah. Hey, we can't, <laughs> we can't judge the people of the past for their thing. You know, I'm sure they would judge us for our weirdness. I am Lauren, and I am from Chicago, Illinois. Mostly, uh, my go-to facts usually are when it comes to photography. Uh, I love to teach and educate so when it comes to lighting, especially when I'm showing it off, I like, you know, people go like, oh, ooh, wow, I've never, I never knew that about light and diffusion and, you know, inverted square law, right? So uh, that's, that's probably the only thing. Uh, one of my favorite facts is you are the average of the five people you surround yourself with. And a lot of people are like, oh, wow, that's, that's so general, but a lot of people really like that fact because you always want to surround yourself like with the best of the best, you know, or who you want to be. So if your, you know, closest friend is a drug addict and is in jail, you know, you might kind of like lean towards that way. So I, for us and for ourselves, we're always trying to look for like good mentors, successful businesses, you know, really great people. So. My name is Zach. I live in Fort Worth, Texas. Oh man, we could we could talk about this for hours. I love trivia. Um, I know so much about so many stupid things without having to use Google. Um, off the top of my head at this moment, I'm going to say um, we can thank Mark Cuban for the streaming services that we have now. So because his company figured out how to put the radio on the internet and how to stream audio over the internet. And so because of that technology, others figured out how to put data and video on the internet. And so because of what he did in the late 90s, kind of that first internet boom, because of that technology, others were able to figure out, oh, we can do that with video. And then now here we are in 2020 with Netflix and Hulu and Disney Plus and, you know, DirecTV Online and all of these streaming services that exist, I truly believe comes back to the technology that he created to put the radio on the Internet.
My name is Brett and I'm from Chicago, Illinois. Okay, yeah, I've got a great, so, uh, do you know, well, first of all, I hate kale. Kale is disgusting. It's not food. It's not food. It's not. It doesn't taste good in anything. Do you know who the biggest purchaser of kale was up until, I want to say, like 2010 or 2011? Are you asking me? Oh, I am. At, do you, I don't know. Do you hear you in this podcast? I can start this little bit over. Oh, but. we totally can because I, okay. it's, right, it, it, it was Pizza Hut. Yeah. Okay. So here's this what So you know. Yeah. They used it as garnish to look fresh when no one would rightfully eat it. Right. So, okay. So I guess that's my fact that a lot of people don't know is that uh, up until that point, kale was just used for that. And then some fucking hippies decided it was food and Pizza Hut could no longer use it to garnish their salad bar because they couldn't afford it because the price skyrocketed so high because all these freaking hipster idiots decided they wanted to eat this garbage instead of just line a salad bar with it. So that's a fact that, you know. My name is Michael, and I'm in the Naperville area. Banks don't make money by the interest rate that you pay on a loan. They make money on what's called the, uh, I don't want to say it's called the deferment factor, but when someone, for example, when you give a bank a thousand bucks, they keep 300 and then they give a loan out for 700. That bank says, you have a thousand bucks in your bank account. The next bank gets a loan out for 700. They keep 250. Then they loan out the other, I'm just going to say 525, 550. I think that's the number in my mind. It might not be right. I might be bad at math. Actually, it's four. It's actually four fifty. But, um, but now that money has turned from a thousand to seven hundred plus the four fifty, right? So, out of the thousand dollars that you've given to them, they have now made about twenty three, twenty four hundred bucks. I'm just doing some head math. If I had it in front of me, I could do it. But banks never make money on the interest rate. The interest rate is irrelevant. What they make money on is the other parts of it. And when you finally understand that particular path about money and the financial system, you understand that they've been playing a different game than everybody else. And then when you decide to play their game, you win. But the problem is, is that you emotionally feel like you're better than that game. And that's the reason why you lose every single time. And when I try to explain this to people, they go, well, how the fuck do you know this? Well, because dumb, dumbass, you don't take the time to understand this but you understand how to do a 360 no scope on call of duty and that's the reason why they always own you because you don't understand the game they're actually playing with you stories make us feel a little more connected to the world, but no matter what's happening in your life or how alone you might feel, know that you are not alone. And sometimes just hearing a fun fact or a crazy story brings this world a little bit closer. What is your favorite go-to fact? Send us an email or a voicemail clip to behindeverystory.gmail.com 
and we would love to play it on a future episode. And thank you so much for joining us here on Behind Every Story. If you like what you heard, please consider subscribing on your favorite podcast streaming app or sharing our podcast with your friends and family and telling people that random weird fact that you learned from today's episode because that's fun. And then they're going to ask, well, where did you learn that fact? And you can say, this awesome podcast. And that's a fact that they might not have known. Like and follow us on Facebook at Behind Every Story Podcast to stay up to date on all our newest episodes. And when I give shout outs and yell outs to people, hey, who wants to tell a story about this? You can always find us on BehindEveryStory.com. Great storytellers make the world a smaller and more intimate place. Truly, thank you to the storytellers and to the fact tellers out there, big and small. And thank you to our guests this week, Brett, Bob, Brandon, Chris, Chris, Daniel, John, Lauren and Ryan, M, Mark, Marie, Michael, Potato Johnson, Rob, Sarah, Stella, Sean, and Zach. I've been your storyteller, Jason Ostercamp, and it's been a pleasure sitting around the campfire with you. Join us again next time when I get to ask everyone, what is something you always wanted to be good at, but could never succeed? We'll see you next time on Behind Every Story. Behind Every Story.